Hey now, hey now, hey now, ladies and gentlemen, brand new edition of Over the Line, and wow, what a day it has been. I'm absolutely exhausted, guys. I am I am freaking exhausted, and I wasn't even involved in this stuff. This is, this is the kind of stuff that wears you out. So here's what we're going to do today. I know this may sound a little crazy, but uh, we... We've got so many different moving parts going on. We are going to try to focus on one thing. One thing and one thing only today. And that is what happened at the Capitol building this afternoon. You all know it by now. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. But we just want to analyze what's going on. Because from my perspective, if it looks like an Antifa, if it walks like an Antifa, and smells like an Antifa... It's probably an Antifa, but we've got facts that we're waiting for them to come out, so we will have to do just that, but that's not going to stop us from analyzing the crap out of this and trying to figure out on our own what exactly happened, and I happen to have a guy reach out to me, and this guy's name is Sam Cook. He's a listener of the show. And he's he's originally from Coleman. For those of you that listen to the show out of Coleman, Alabama, uh, or, or just Birmingham in general, he lives in Tennessee now. But he is uh, a patriot. He decided to go out, go up to uh, Washington, D.C. and be a part of this rally. Uh, the guy had no intentions of anything crazy happening. Just going up there to support the president, make sure he speaks really for a lot of us that weren't able to go. And show support for a president who was robbed of a uh, a free and fair election. So I wanted to bring Sam on because he is he is our eyewitness account for what transpired today. Sam, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good, Andrew. It's been a crazy day, man. I can imagine. I can imagine. And I appreciate you reaching out to me um, when you did. You were you were just you weren't even wanting to come on the podcast. You were just, hey, I, I want to give you some details. And I'm like, no, you're gonna come on the show. You can tell me all this uh, exactly. on on the air. We want to know. So uh, let's let's start off the top. You went to off the top. I went up to I went up to the Trump rally. Yeah. Um, because my aunt and another one of my relatives and a couple members from their church group were wanting to go, and they're they're in their you know mid fifties to mid sixties between all of them. And I was like, I'd feel more comfortable if I went with, you know, the way the political environment's been, just so I could provide security for them and, you know, enjoy myself, have a good day, and and hopefully see something transpire today on the 6th that we were waiting on. Yeah, maybe some good news. Now, now, so we don't get too far in front of ourselves, you're telling me you didn't go to the Trump rally with a heavily armed militia. You went with a church group. Correct. Okay. <laughs> Just making sure we got that. Okay. So Correct. you are not with no, a bunch no. of, of rough people looking for a fight. You are literally with a freaking church group. No, I had I had on a plate carrier and I had a helmet with me, but I didn't have any weapons on me. Well, your that security, purely, you need that stuff. Pure, purely for defensive. Right. And purely just to take care of some church ladies so they don't get run over in the crowd, you know? Right. The worst case scenario, I was, you know, ready to be in a defensive posture. 
Yeah, I guess that's that's a good point because even you you knew just as we did there were going to be tons and tons of people out there, and even exactly. the most well-meaning crowd, one misstep and somebody could get trampled on and literally lose their life. So yeah, that makes sense. Exactly because before before the Capitol incident earlier in the day, the worst thing I I dealt with was some loudmouth New Yorkers. Right. And 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 that was the extent of it. So you know I was like, okay, everybody was very courteous. You know, everybody was very welcoming. You know, everybody was glad to be there. And so, everybody so that, was concerned that, about the state of their nation. That was the feel. You you got there. What time did you get there today? You got there today, right? Uh, we got Yeah, we got off the metro this morning right at 7. So straight so we at bright. 7 o'clock, y'all went, went straight to, uh, what, Freedom Plaza? Yeah, we were at Constitution and 15th. Okay. So that's right down the street from the Ellipse. Right. Basically the backyard of the White House. And at that point, it was kind of uh, uh, just a, I mean, I know they had a stage set up and they've had, you know, speakers and all that, but it was like, was it the feel there, of there it just to be a couple, big hangout? There might have been a couple thousand, uh, a couple thousand there so far. You know, you could still work in and get a good spot. You know, it didn't start packing in for, for about half an hour. Right. So everybody's so, just hanging so out, having a good time, supporting their president, normal stuff exactly, going on. you know. And then, you know, people people introducing themselves, well, where are you from? You know, why are you here today? You know, how, how do you feel about this? And and then feel like, you know, hopefully enough of us can come together and make a change, but not how this is being portrayed. Mm-hmm. So and, I, and, I, I just want to I want to get through the timeline before we start analyzing who who did what or who was who. So it's at seven okay. o'clock. You get there. You are hanging out. Everybody's having a good time. Everybody's in a good mood. Nobody's angry. Nobody's ready to fight. Nothing like that. Um, no. At, at what time did the crowd start moving towards the Capitol? Because we all watched the president speak uh, for a, a, a long time there at directly, uh, the rally. Di- directly after the president had concluded. Um, you already had some people starting to make their way up that way. You could tell, you know, just periodically you'd have 20 or 30 break off and start heading that way. But it was hard to tell because you're shoulder to shoulder with, you know, hundreds of thousands of people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, 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 it's a lot like packed in tight. So, so when you moved, you might only move 20 feet in 20 minutes because you're literally trying to look for the open spot in the flow of, of people. Right. And, and so it was a slow go from the time the president had stopped or concluded his speech until the time we got up to Freedom Plaza. It was about 45 minutes that elapsed okay. because it took that many people that were towards the Capitol, you know, and that side of the crowd to get their way up there and free up the rest of us so we could move towards that direction. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I was about 45 minutes behind the first side of the crowd to get over there. Well, as soon as we walk up, we're walking down, was it Constitution? We're walking down Constitution towards the Capitol. We're a block off the Capitol. Like, I, I can see the steps. The steps are like 150 yards out. All right? And a guy's walking the opposite direction. He says, man, I'm getting the hell out of here. They're using flashbangs. And I look over at my aunts, and I'm like, all right, ladies, hang, hang on. Hang on, sit tight for a second, and I start talking to other people in the crowd to see what's going on. And that's when they start explaining to me, they're, you know, that they, I was told we were taking the Capitol. Now, you were and told I'm that like, by who? 
this this was a couple of, of straight crowd members in passing. They were going the opposite direction. Okay. And and I'm I'm like, what do you mean we're taking the Capitol? And they're like, there's a group already up there. They're they're through the front doors. They've breached the building. And about that time that he said that, I was starting to check my phone. But see, the phones have been being jammed all day. They shut off phones for security reasons, or they shut off the towers for the phones for security reasons. Right. It was well documented that that yeah. DC and the mayor of DC was doing everything she could to to shut this thing down. Exactly. So about that time when they were when they were telling me they breached it, I was like, okay, somebody's you know somebody's got footage a couple hundred yards ahead of me before I try to approach. People were coming back towards me. And you now I had no signal, so there's nothing I could do. Only thing I could do was start recording. So that's what I told my aunt to do. That's what I told my fiance to do. That's what I told the church ladies to do. Just start recording, take pictures, record everything. Right. Because we didn't know how to proceed. You know, do I go up on the Capitol steps and see what's going on? You know, what's up? And about that time that we were trying to get a game plan together, is like, you know, I feel more safe if, if I got y'all out of here. You know, because I don't know what's going on, and and I, I just I, I'm here for y'all to be safe, and and that's the only way I'm going to be able to do that is for us to leave. Right. All right. <clears throat> so we were trying to gather up our things and, and get ready to go, and and as soon as soon as we were starting to get our things up, you see a flare above the Capitol, and when you see that flare above the Capitol go off, that's when all hell breaks loose. That's when you've got police coming down Constitution. And I don't know, I've got video footage, they're trying to say that we were, or the, the protesters or the Trump supporters were repelling the police. They were walking into the, or they were walking up to the Capitol from where they were originally at So for the Trump route. Is it possible you know, that it's, that... It's not like they were blocking the police. So the police pull up and just realize, okay, we've still got, you know, 15,000 people on the street right here. There's nothing we can really do. So right. we're going to back up and try to take an alternate street. So right, is this is this flare that goes up? Is is that possibly a signal from, say, an inside group that's that's initiating all this for them to say, "Hey, here we go, it's time." I, I don't even I don't even want to speculate on that. Yeah, because I don't know. I don't know if that you know because somebody was saying, "Well, that was Nancy Pelosi signaling that you know the Senate had been breached and that they needed rescue." I didn't buy that for a second. That just that was just stupid. What right. did seem plausible though was. Uh, a certain group firing it off to let them to let the other members know that they had breached and to proceed through. Mm -hmm. That was the way I took that. All right. From paying attention to it and, and, and reviewing a couple of things afterwards, there was lack of security. Why was there no security at the Capitol on the most important day of the year? The most important election day in the history of our country since its founding. Now, we have watched— Why were they understaffed, Andrew? We have watched um, time and time why again did, in why, cities— why did, the, why did the Capitol Police open the gates to let them come in? Well, we, we've watched in city after city, Portland, Minneapolis, whatever, uh, bl uh, not Black Lives Matter, but Antifa, who really infiltrated Black Lives Matter. We've seen this act before— where they would place, and, and they've done it in D.C. from the footage that I've seen, placing cinder blocks and boards and all these weapons that they can use. It's very, very, very planned out. And there's even people that says the local government's in on it. They allow this to happen. They know it's coming. They don't do anything to stop it. So 
there is people that's brought that they've brought that issue up to me as well. How in the world does the most, the most important day thing? at the most important place in the country, how does that get breached so easily? Because we've watched video all day long of of just a handful of people pushing barricades over and making their way up to the Capitol. Mm -mm. The ones where they were making their way up to the Capitol, that shows the police opening the barricades for them. Oh, you're saying that there were police allowing people to come up towards the Capitol? Correct. Oh. Now that's a different who twist. That? Uh, who ordered that? on the most important election day in the history of our country. Right. Well, in, in my opinion, I would think that's the only way you could get in because, again, like you said, we we would think this is going to be the most secure place in the entire country on this day, January 6th. But for some reason, it, not only was it not secure, but it was opened up, according to, in, to what in, you saw. Inside, inside the main corral... At the ellipse, at the beginning of the rally, was the only security checkpoints. That's it. Yeah. If you were street level coming in on the metro, there was no security. Mm. There might have been three cops wandered through the crowd in four hours. The rest of them were inside the security with Secret Service and DC Metro. Okay, so we're we're at the point where they've gone to the Capitol. They're at the doors. They are. Uh, I, I guess beating on the doors, beating on the windows, and then they breach the Capitol. What do you see after that? I, is this is this the point where you're that, trying to get your crew the out of there? Where I'm, where I'm literally walking up when I'm when I'm arriving at that corner of Constitution, facing the Capitol building. That's when the gentleman walked past me and said they're using flashbangs right now and that they breached the Capitol. So that was 45 minutes from the end of Trump's speech until that actually took place. Right. Chronologically, following this timeline of today's events, that's how that went down. Okay. All right. When, when that gentleman told me that in passing, that's when I started bouncing this off my hand. And she said, look up on the wall on the left-hand side. If you look up, where if you go back and play any footage from it, you'll see they've got an American flag hanging from the steps on the left-hand side. All right. Directly to the left of that flag up on that ledge, that is when I originally looked up there when they said they were setting off flashbangs, and there were about 30 people up there. Yeah. They were waving Gadsden flags, and that was one of the rumors of today's events is the, after, the aftershock of it was that that was how they were communicating as far as Antifa to let them know who was who. Pay more attention to the Gadsden flags, and you'll find your comrades there. Uh -huh. From what I've gathered from everything. Well, uh, and, and I've seen originally it was originally it was said there'll be Trump supporters, but they'll have their hats on backwards. Right. You know, and I don't buy into that a lot, but I do pay attention. I'm situationally aware of what's going on around. Me. Well, there's no no need to not investigate that. Just like posts I've seen flying around today, where it it's like social media posts of Antifa groups with a call to action saying, "Hey." We're going to this rally. We are going to pose as Trump supporters, and we're going to breach the Capitol. It says exactly exactly what seemed to have happened today, and I don't know the validity of those, but we will find out in the future. Now, as far as the— What is the most damaging thing Antifa could have done today? Was it throw bricks, hit people with two-by-fours, tear up D.C., or is it to discredit the president? That's absolutely— To, to discredit— to discredit 
Trump supporters. That's that's absolutely the the goal. A and, slope. and that is the the, uh, the best slope that we're on. That's the most effective in. thing they could have done. Now let, let me let me move on because we only got so much time. But uh, the guys that are in the pictures that we're seeing floating around, and most people have seen these. Um, there's one in particular. There's three guys standing there. One's got an American flag. Another one's got a Trump flag. One of the dudes is dressed in somewhat of a, a, a Viking-style costume or something. Uh, you've seen those pictures. You actually sent them to me. Did you run into these guys while you were down there? I saw the dude in the, the headdress coming through the crowd twice. Okay. First time first time was roughly between 9, 9.30. I got to go back and look at my photos and get together with the other group members that were there and go through their phone video and photos and, and, and find exactly what time he was where. So you, you just saw him passing by, but you didn't have interactions with these guys. I didn't have interaction with them. I didn't see that until after the fact when – that was starting to hit Twitter. You know, when we were getting back towards the hotel room, because we didn't have signal. We didn't have signal until we we're a good three stops away on the Metro. So when yeah. I did get signal back, I started checking on the way back to the hotel. Okay. You know, what's going on right now? What just happened right now? Is this legit? Is this us? You know, what's going on? And that's when I started seeing the Antifa stuff. And I was like, Oh my God, I just saw him there. Right. Like I've seen that dude a couple times this morning. The, the dude that I sent to you that was circled in white, he sat there and talked to us for 15 minutes when we first got there. Oh, where are you guys from? And that kind of scared me because reflecting on that, I feel like somebody was trying to socially hack me. Now, you say the guy circled what? in the white. I'm going through on, on the screen here the pictures that you sent me. Um, oh, okay, I got you. The guy in in the back behind the three guys. Correct. Okay. He approached me and my fiance and, and my aunt, and he was talking to us, and he was, you know, where are you from? Uh, what do you do for a living? Where do you work? Is it, you know, oh, well, that's cool, and, and everything like that. And I was like, okay, that's his normal conversation. But then seeing him in that picture specifically after the fact, that was very unnerving. That's, that's an that eerie feeling, that, I'm sure. That, that means that they were feeling out people in the crowd for whatever reason, and I don't know if these are going to be the people that, it, that that they're going to witness against and point blame towards. I don't know. You know, I don't know what, what motive they had for that. But it was just really weird, and it was even more strange that they slipped through, paraded themselves in there as three percenters, as patriots. When I'm sitting there looking at Oath Keepers, and I'm sitting there looking at Sons of Liberty, and they haven't moved. Yeah. They're sitting back checking the crowd to make sure the crowd's safe and watching the side streets to make sure we're not getting ambushed. Well, we never we never pegged Antifa or any of these guys as smart, but this this was the ultimate screw job. This this did take some brain power on their part to pull something off like this because as you noted, it, what is the most effective thing you could do to damage Trump supporters, to damage the president, to damage government in general? And that is do exactly what they did today at the Capitol. And the media obviously feeds right into it because all you've heard on the news all day long is Trump supporters, Trump supporters, Trump supporters. And that's it. Oh, by, by the time we've made it back to the car at three and turned on the radio in the car and was getting ready to hop back on the interstate, 
oh no we were just jaw dropped like what what did they say we did right because i've got video three hours long all day you know people saying prayer people sit there doing the pledge of allegiance everybody in unity singing carrying on having a good time that was literally a peaceful rally yeah. until it hit the capital right yeah, it was everything you, know, you, you would have, have expected before you going I'm up so there. I'm so sorry. I apologize. I bumped yeah. into you. You know, it was the most kind, polite rally I've ever been to. Yeah. Well, I, I tell you what, Sam. I appreciate your time and coming on the show and, and and talking to us a little bit. If you come across any of that footage that you think would be valuable for everybody that watches this show, pass it on. We'll put it on the show, and uh, if Definitely. anything else happens. Anybody- We'll keep in Any, touch with anybody you. in the listening anybody in the listening audience today. If you have video, if you have photo of today's events, please review your stuff. Cross reference it with what's getting posted on Twitter right now with these Antifa members. Let's ID these people. Let's hold them accountable. This yeah. this is beyond treason. This is setting up the president to be discredited on the day that he's supposed to be redeemed. That's it. Good points, man. I appreciate it, Sam. I'll keep in touch with you, buddy. All right. Thank you, Andrew. There you go. There's uh, there's Sam Cook, Alabama native, who made his way, ironically, with a church group. <laughs> to the and, and this is something, I don't know if he said this during the phone call, but this is something he pointed out to me when I talked to him earlier. He says 75% of the rally was, in fact, church groups. It was just regular, normal, hardworking people that are now painted as these thugs. Because Antifa, and let's give it to them, seem to have come up with a brilliant plan. There's no way around it. Now, us saying that Antifa is behind this, we do not have the solid proof, the hard evidence of that just yet. But I am 100% confident that that will come to fruition. I think I'm 100%, I'm 100% confident we'll find out the truth. I'm 90% confident that Antifa was behind this. I mean, just look at this picture right here. Let me put this up on the screen. I just tweeted this out a few minutes ago. Okay, look at this picture. It is one of the most eerie pictures you'll, you'll probably see in a long time. It is a picture of the Capitol surrounded by these protesters... I see one, two Trump flags. I see a Gadsden flag, and I see an American flag. Out of all those people, I mean, we're, we're looking at hundreds of people. There's only four flags in that mix, seems to be. But what is something we see that is consistent in that video? Look at all the dark and black clothing. I don't know if y'all watched the rally earlier today, or you watch any rally. Trump supporters do not show up to Trump rallies wearing dark clothing. They wear bright, flashy colors, mostly red. Red, white, and blue, not black. But these are the people, these are the Trump supporters that allegedly stormed the Capitol. The thing about it, if you've been keeping up with this stuff for a while, the the members of Antifa have a demeanor about them. The way they talk, the way they walk. 
the way they run towards the chaos, they they have this posture. If you notice, when they start running towards the chaos, it's almost like a skip. They're like they're like jogging, but they're skipping as well. That's what these people were doing. That's why I'm saying, even though we don't have the evidence yet, everything we see points to this being a coordinated attack on Trump supporters, on the Capitol, on our government, and on this country. Because Antifa is not Democrats. Antifa is not Republicans. They're, they're, they're anti-government. They're anarchists. They seem to be Democrats at times because the Democrats coddle them. They technically don't want the Democrats to coddle them. But they do. They shelter them. They prop them up. They really probably fund them in many ways. And they allow them to do what they want to do. They don't, these, these losers that live in their mom's basement, they can't afford to do this stuff on their own. They're being paid to do this. They're, be, they're, they're be, being given money to get what they need to do these things. And how deep does it go? Does it go deep enough that it was planned to allow them to breach the Capitol? Was that planned? Because that would be a pretty sinister plan. I can't think of a logical explanation for them not to have had enough security to keep people out of the Capitol building on a day like this. Even Muriel Bowser, the the D.C. mayor, said, hey, we, we need to call in the National Guard. She said this days ago. And we're, we're scratching our heads because we're like, it's a Trump rally. What, what evidence do you have of a Trump rally ever getting violent? But she was playing politics. Or maybe she was covering her backside because she knew ultimately the, the Capitol would be stormed and breached. Maybe. I'm speculating. I'm just, I'm just throwing ideas out there, guys. I can't tell you what exactly happened. Neither can Sam, the guy we just talked to. He can tell you what he saw, but we don't know for sure. But we do know what we're seeing. And we do know what it looks like. In the meantime, while all that chaos is going on, in the dead of night, well, technically, I guess it was afternoon, but while we're all distracted by the breaching of the Capitol, by those dastardly Trump supporters, guess what the Democrats did? That's right. They took control of the Senate with their final piece to the puzzle. They won both seats, both Senate seats in Georgia while we are all distracted by Trump supporters, quote-unquote, breaching the Capitol. They now will have the majority. And y'all can go back and listen to yesterday's podcast. I told you. I told you this was going to happen. Because we did nothing to change the voting system in Georgia. When Stacey Abrams came out bragging about 2 and 3 million absentee voters, 
or mail-in voters for a Senate race? You knew the fix was in. You go look at the charts, the charts of these two races. And they're about dead even all the way up. And then we hit the middle of the night and guess what? It's the old Joe Biden swoop chart goes right up, goes above the red. This is worst case scenario, guys. I'm not going to lie to you. And I told you that yesterday. Democrats having the White House, having the House and the Senate. It's worst case scenario. It is. It's not something that will defeat us. We have the ability, with a lot of hard work, with a lot of reform, to change this in two years. But it's going to be a bad two years. It's going to be really bad. And these people that have let Donald Trump, their hatred for Trump, run their lives for the past four years are going to rub it in your face. Remember, I, I kept telling you, I said, if you're a Trump supporter and the Democrats, I just said, if the Democrats win the White House, little did I know they were going to win the Congress and the White House. I said, they're going to want to punish you for being a Trump supporter. And they do. This whole, I'll be a president for everybody or calls for unity. It's all bullish. Every bit of it. They don't believe it. We don't believe it. Nobody believes it. Even when they bring it up, their supporters get mad at them. They're like, no, these guys are the enemy. They've been so deranged with their hatred towards the president and towards you. And for four years, Trump supporters have been peaceful, not started anything with anybody, just sat back, enjoyed winning, and enjoyed their freedoms. But now, all the things they've been saying that Trump supporters are, dangerous, extremist, violent, white supremacists, there it is. They, they feel vindicated. Finally, after four years, we've got the evidence that they're these crazed animals we said they were. It's what this is about. It's exactly what this is about. But speaking of how bad it's going to get, Twitter support sent out a tweet just moments ago. I want to read it to you real quick. This is, this is just a sample of how bad it's going to get. You ready for this? I got to dig for it, so stand by. Let's see. Here is your official preview of the next two years. From Twitter, Twitter safety, excuse me, this is the Twitter safety account. As a result of the unprecedented and ongoing violent situation in Washington, D.C., we have required the removal of three Donald Trump tweets that were posted earlier today for repeated and severe violations of our civic integrity policy. This means the account of Donald Trump will be locked for 12 hours following the removal of these tweets. If the tweets are not removed, the account will remain locked. 
They wasted no time whatsoever. As soon as he stepped out of the White House, they wanted him off Twitter, off social media. They want to cut him off from the rest of the country. So I went and I looked at Donald Trump's Twitter just to see if, in fact, that was true. And I may be a little confused on how exactly they're suspending his account. Maybe he just can't tweet. But his last tweet was five hours ago, well before that tweet from Twitter Safety. And the two tweets before that have been removed. This tweet is no longer available because it violated the Twitter rules. They are now censoring the President of the United States. Ironically, one of the tweets that they censored, that they removed, was that final video Donald Trump put out telling people to stop the violence and go home. Donald Trump was in a tough position at that point anyway, because you, you know what he wanted to say. He wanted to say, nobody with a head on their shoulders thinks that these are my people. Everybody knows those people storming the Capitol aren't my people. They're not. There's no evidence whatsoever to support that being Trump supporters. Even the angry Trump supporters. Yes, I understand. It's boiling over. Tensions are at an all-time high. I get it. But that's not Trump supporters. It's not conservatives. It's not Republicans. It's not what they do. It's not what they've ever done. But you mean to tell me that I'm supposed to believe that we went from the peaceful bunch to a crowd that did the exact same thing? And I'm talking identical to Antifa, fighting with police, cursing at police, storming the Capitol building, going into the Senate chamber and sitting in uh, Mike Pence's seat, the president of the Senate seat, and just hanging out, chilling out, like, like it's a photo op. Trump supporters don't do that. There's footage of, of other uh, of these protesters, of these, these uh, rioters, pulling down American flags off the Capitol and stomping on them. Stomping on thin blue line flags. Cussing out cops, calling them traitors. These are the exact things that Antifa does. Not Trump supporters. So you can miss me with Trump supporters need to be condemned. Andrew, you're such a hypocrite. You won't condemn your own people when they do the stuff you condemn all the time. It's because it doesn't look like they did it. That's not them. Can't be. The truth will come out, and we will see. we got a long road ahead of us, plenty of time to figure it out. We've also got plenty of time to expose the truth when it comes to this election fraud. We will make it known, one way or another, Truth always wins. And we know how the story ends. We know who wins in the end. 
And it's not going to be Nancy Pelosi. It's not going to be Chuck Schumer. It's not going to be government. It's going to be the one and only. But for now, we're going to do his work. And we're going to bring the truth to light. Make sure you check us out on all platforms everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, wherever we're at. We're all over the place. Also, make sure you guys go and check out Vapor Forge on 280 right there in at, uh, beside Bailey Brothers. If you are in the Birmingham area, you can find them online. Add them on Facebook, blah, blah, blah. You know the deal. And also, subscribe. Hit the notification bell. And make sure you keep up with this show brand new show coming up tomorrow so don't miss it and until then see you cool